Welcome to SEO Link Building with Julian Goldie, a podcast about getting your website to rank higher on Google so you can get more traffic, leads, and sales, all from SEO Link Building. Now, here's your host, Julian Goldie. What's up, guys? So today we have a bit of a legend on the show, Craig Campbell. He has worked in SEO for over 20 years. He has one of the biggest YouTube channels in SEO, and he's also very entertaining. So today, you will learn some of the craziest link building strategies in SEO, what's working in SEO right now and what's changed, plus how to rank your site in extremely competitive niches, for example, like the casino niche, and what sort of link building strategies are working right now. Let's jump in. Mr. Craig Campbell, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, doing good. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks. So I was on your YouTube channel a few weeks ago. And uh, before you get on us, yeah, thanks for coming on. No, don't worry. It's always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. I get good feedback from you being online. A lot of people asking about Harrow and stuff like that. So, yeah, you've done well, came across well. So, um, yeah, it's all good. Try my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all you, we can do. And, uh, I mean, you've been doing like SEO for 18 years, right? Read on your website. It's actually I need to up, update my website. It's it's neither twenty. Um, <laughs> I just, anniversary coming up. It comes to, yeah, it comes to a point where you see this. I've been doing SEO for eighteen years across LinkedIn, Twitter, and all these other kind of things. And then it comes to like your nineteenth year or your twentieth year, and you're just like, I can't be asking. I've updated some of them uh, and not updated others, but it is that that was like. <laughs> that 18 years has been going around for about two years. Um, it's a long so 18 I, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a long 18 years, but what I will say is, even when I was doing it for like seven years, I think I was probably still telling people it was 18 years. <laughs> uh, that 18 years ain't moved um, for a long time, to be honest. But nah, it's genuinely early 2000s um, is when I started getting into it. So it is uh, genuinely... Um, close to 20 years and it's been a been a long 20 years i'll tell you how did you first get into it just just by luck really um i had a few dead-end jobs that i absolutely hated um but i'm 42 now <coughs> when i grew up um, we didn't have the internet mobile phones nothing like that uh, so when i left school 17 18 I really had no idea what I wanted to do in life and uh, messed around in different call centres, Burger King, various other jobs mm. like that. Wow. However, absolutely hated it. Um, and I had this crazy passion for online because it was a big new thing, uh, dial-up connection in the house and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and became you know, obsessed with internet to a certain degree and, um, you know, just chatting to, to girls and stuff on MSN was a massive thing, <laughs> uh, you know, back then. And I hated my jobs and stuff, so I, I don't know why, but something just said, like, mess around with, with kind of websites and stuff. Mm. Um, and I tried to become a really, well, I tried to become a web designer and I was really shit at it, um, is the truth. Uh, I've tried so I myself. I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's how we all start. And I was just like, yeah. man, this is, this is painful. This is, uh, I'm not a creative guy or anything like that. So 
I found it very, very difficult. And, uh, you know, just messing around in forums, trying to learn and all that. This is all whilst I'm in dead-end jobs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I was making money from selling websites. People were still buying them, but they were fucking bad. Mm. And uh, I just think it's quite easier ways to make money online. And you start looking at trying to rank them in Google and you have absolutely no clue what that means or how it's done. But, you know, you're reading up in forums back then. There wasn't YouTube or, or any of that crazy stuff we've got now. No conferences, nothing. Was and, it like uh, you were you're reading up on like Warrior Forum and those sort of old school places? Yeah. Uh, there was another one called the SEO Chat Forum, which is still there. Um, obviously, it's less frequently used as it was back in the day. However, there were so many people just helpful on forums, constantly helping you and it was it was a bit like we do now you know you just rock up and make msn uh, sorry facebook messenger and just say hey dude you know i'm struggling with this and someone will probably reply to you or whatever and um, it was like that on a forum but sometimes you're waiting two or three days for a reply um so the, the learning curve was was long and it was difficult so um but that's where it went, and uh, obviously SEO back then was fairly easy. It probably took me a few years to get a grasp on it, but there was just dudes that knew how this shit worked, and mm. you had to kind of schmooze them, and they'd eventually drip-feed you the information, and if you were a friend, you would get more information than anyone else. And from there, um, that's when I started doing the, the old SEO and ditched the... <laughs> the web design, I'm I'm spitting and laughing and everything. <laughs> the web design, Barry's actually saying that you know I I attempted web design, but yeah, I was bloody awful, mate, awful. Yeah, I, honestly, I find it it drives me a bit crazy, you know. Like even now, if I'm like, it's so easy now with Elementor and stuff like that, but it's just I'm terrible at it. So yeah, I feel your pain there, mate. Definitely. And even back then, it was like Joomla and shit like that, which was kind of a CMS. Um, Drupal, that sort of thing as well. It was not fun, man. It was just yeah. hellish. Or HTML, you know, and I thought I was a king, being able to have sliding text across the top of a page. Like, I'm like, oh, You were, man. man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I look back, I laugh and go, what a bloody douchebag you were, but... Um, all fun and games. It, it you know it was a good good starting point anyway. I think you, yeah. It, but as I say, it was just all by luck, really. Just fumbling about, <laughs> fumbling about the web. How much has SEO changed? Like in twenty years, it must be insane. You know, like back then, it was kind of like the Wild West, right? Yeah, I mean, back then, uh, everyone was chasing like a Demos link, and uh, and it was really hard to get. I mean. Listen, when, when when I say it's changed a lot, it's evolved. Mm. The the core concepts haven't really changed that much. Uh, you know, it was always about links and content. Now, of course, the style of links, the style of content, the, the in-depth analysis you can do in content and all of that kind of stuff has massively changed and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, before then, you were stuffing stuff full of keywords. You still had your title tag and all that kind of stuff. You really probably didn't have subheadings and stuff. Um, you know, it was just slap up bits of content and hope for the best. And uh, and links were links, you know, directories, social bookmarking, any garbage work. Yeah. It was just a volume until the point where Google ha has to say, like, 
what the hell is all this? You know, it's just a massive spam fest because you know what it's like. What, what, <laughs> if there's a loophole, all these SEOs get a hold of it, they all start piling in and they abuse Straight it. Straight on it. To the like, like vultures. Um, they are, man. It's, <laughs> it's madness. And, uh, but, you know, even there was a point, this big Demos directory, um, you couldn't go on it, mate. It would take you like three years. You had to find a dude and blackmail him and bribe him and everything to try and get <laughs> your bloody life back on you. But the problem with this is, and I spoke to several DMOZ guys since then, and I didn't know there were DMOZ guys at the time. Um, and they're just like, yeah, dude, if you, I was the, the chief of Glasgow, so anyone that came in with a list in Glasgow, it was me that decided whether we're going ahead or not. And if I seen an SEO listing like yours, and I'm the main SEO guy, you're listening mm. to the head, son. Um, you know, it was stuff like that. <laughs> so it was the Wild West. Like, it's like the mafia for SEO. Oh, I mean, it is. And it probably still is to a certain extent. You know, I think yeah. there is a lot of that that goes on. You know, it depends. It's not what you know. It's it's sometimes who you know. And, uh, you know, so I think a lot, <laughs> a lot of this stuff is still very much the same. You know, we're still vultures. If there's a loophole, everyone will pile in. You know, links links were a big thing back then, but you know, it was the case of automate the shit out of it and, and using Scrapebox to basically do blog comments and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot easier. Obviously, these days you'll get people like yourself who do Harrow trying to get higher profile stuff, and you know, all these kind of other weird uh, ways of link building uh, and trying to get relevance power and all that kind of stuff. So whilst it it has changed a lot. It hasn't really changed, uh, and I know that seems a bit of a weird thing to say. Um, but of course, building links back then was a spam fest. You've now just got to adapt your approach these days. Um, so it's all it's adapted and for the better, to be honest, because yeah, literally, definitely. you know, it was just messy. It was just a case of who bloody worked on it the longest and, and spammed the shit out of it the most. One, uh, and I don't really think that's a fair reflection on how it should work anyway. So I think quality quality beats quantity these days, and I'm glad to see that, uh, to be honest, because literally, if you looked at other people's websites and it was just a, a pure blast of garbage and they were winning and you were going to do a blast, you know, it, it wasn't really... Whoever spent the most, basically. It, yeah, but it wasn't really engaging your brain so much you know it was just like oh we'll go do this and you know at least now you're reverse engineering and stuff and you've got to you know look at different data and all that kind of stuff so i think your brain's more engaged now and and it's uh a lot healthier now than it was back then yeah it's probably a lot more creativity involved right like yeah even create That's just it. creating a link building campaign or writing a harrow response is way more demanding i would say than i remember like a few years ago when I was first getting into SEO, I stumbled across uh, Matthew Woodward's blog and he recommended, yep. you know, back then it was working. So he recommended like use a scrape box with GSA and you set up all the proxies and then you just have it running on a VPS like 24 hours a day. And it was like such a dirty way of building links, you know, but it worked going back, you know, seven, eight, ten years ago. That's it. Um, Woodward's a legend. He's another one yeah. that I followed a lot back back in the day. So, yeah, all of these things worked, and uh, they're always good to try and understand. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, I, I don't really want to touch that stuff." Understand it, how it works. 
you know, understand the mechanics behind it and then make your decision as, as to whether that's part of your ongoing strategy or not. And, and nothing against people who don't use these things. But I think playing with it and understanding it all. Uh, yeah, that's is, super is that. important. Yeah, definitely. And um, I saw on your YouTube channel, you have a lot of videos about stuff that might be considered maybe black hat or grey hat. What, like, you know, what what sort of things do you do these days for link building, for example? I mean, I not mean, that I there's like anything talk, wrong. Talking with about the black. Yeah. No, see the, the, the term black hat, and I use it myself. You know, black hat SEO tips or whatever. Um, the term black hat, I'm probably going to say doesn't really do what I do justice because um, I'm not using scrape box and doing blog comments mm. and stuff anymore. Black Hat, for me, is just being creative and thinking outside the box now. Um, you know, if I want a PR link, you know, I, I, I may trip the journalist up into giving me an image credit or, or whatever. So it, it's how I approach them that's probably uh, where the Black Hat side comes in. It's not the, the, the link is such that it's Black Hat. You know, nah. you've got your... Uh, Harrow outreach and, and, and all that kind of stuff and that's one way and I, I think I said on the uh, podcast with you it's, it's too much work it really <laughs> it's, is it's, it's, it's so much work it's crazy it, it, yeah. and that's why a Harrow link costs so much money I can't be asked doing that I need a quicker fix uh, a cheaper <laughs> more cost effective fix if I'm being honest and if yeah. I can trip up a journalist by saying, hey, mate, you've been using my image, you know, give me an image credit there and the daft guy falls for it. Uh, you know, that's just one of many uh, tricks that I've spoken about on my channel, you know, the image trick and uh, various other bits and bobs. So, of course, that is then deemed as black cat. But who's not doing that stuff? You know, that's the reality. Um, and as I say, you might say, Craig, that's a nasty thing to do or, you know, praying in the naive or the vulnerable I've got to put food on the table as far as I'm concerned for, for my family. And if I need to trip someone up to, to get to where I need to be, then so be it. You know, it's, you know I've got morals uh, to a certain degree, uh, <laughs> but yeah. there's guys in this industry who don't. And if I don't compete with those guys, then I'm going to lose the battle. So, you, you know, it's a case of, if you can't beat them, join them. Um, there's so some there's really some industries and niches where you have to as well, right? Like you you can't compete oh, without exactly. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing in the casino niche and stuff like that. You know, mm. I cannot afford Harrow links. You know, at whatever price Harrow costs, I, I simply just can't afford them. You know, for the volume that I need, I would be bankrupt very very quickly if I was to go down the Harrow um, approach. So. And it's just not what other people do. So when you're looking at the competitors and you're like, right, PBN, guest post, this, that, the next thing, you know, you've got to follow suit and it's got to be cost effective. So um, whilst, again, I don't want to be seen as slamming Harrow, because um, I'm certainly not, um, yeah. I think it's a very good option. There's certain industries where that will work better than others. And, Definitely. You know, it all out of the cost and the budget that you've got to play with and that's where link building that works for you 
um, for, for whatever type of client you work with. And for me, in the casino niche, you just wouldn't cut it um, in the story. So what do we do? Pretend that we just do Harrow Outreach <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. Or do we say, no, fuck this, you know, we, we, we pull some of the tricks out the bag because I want some of that money in the casino niche. So that's the way I see it anyway. Um, and a lot of people call that black hat. But as far as, as I see, it's... Um, it is what it is. You know, I've just got to win the fight that I'm fighting and uh, and I'll continue to do so. So if that's seen as black cat, then so be it. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty damn creative. Like the link building strategy where you you tell a journalist or a website owner, listen, you're using my image. Can you add a link to it? Technically, it's not your image. What what sort of other, just out of interest, what sort of other link building strategies do you use? We don't actually work with any I mean, I, casinos, so. I don't know this uh, side so of the I world. Hack likes um, or, or niche edits. Um, and again, those are typically used to power up guest posts and stuff like that. So I need a cheaper, powerful alternative than continually buying guest posts um, and hack likes cost you know less money so uh, and they're powering up a guest post so uh, again that um is part of it you know tier two links have to be more cost effective um you know there, there's so many uh, different ways uh, of getting links and and all that kind of stuff there, there's so many creative ways creative angles or even just using expired domains, you know, someone who's maybe done SEO for 10 years that's just went out the game, forgot to renew their domain, whatever it might be. Can you grab any of that link equity that they've got and use it for your own website? Yes. Or you could build a PBN on it and use it as a link asset where you can negotiate with other people in the industry and swap links or whatever you choose to do. So mm. there are all sorts, um, you know, and, and, and as I say, link building automation um, <coughs> still has its place in this industry as well. And I think a lot of people are scared of link building automation. And, uh, you know, again, using that to power up links um, is a perfectly plausible way to like do a, things. Um, a tiered link building strategy. Tiered link you building would, strategy. Yeah. Um, Again, not many people are doing it. They're scared of it. Um, but, you know, if you're playing with real players uh, and they're all doing it, then if you don't do it, again, you're going to lose. So, again, you need to understand what tiered link building is, what you can use for it, and the most cost-effective way to do it. And, yes, I will use the likes of Money Robot, um, XRanker, GSA, and tools like that. Of course, I'm not directing my money website. That would be horrendous to yeah. do that direct in my website. You know, there is a likelihood of a ban. Um, but, you know, you've got certain hotspots within your link building structure where if something was to get a ban, you can switch it out or redirect it elsewhere or whatever, uh, even redirect it onto your comp competitor. Uh, <laughs> if, if what you were doing was pushed it hard enough to get a ban. So, um Link building is not just a, a, a one-trick pony. There's outrageous amounts of tricks um, and outrageous amount of things that you can do to, to, to get links. It's just endless, Plus, isn't even, it? Yeah. With what you do, to a certain extent, you know, call it digital PR, call it 
I know you're doing Harrow specifically, but if we want stuff on high-profile news websites, fake news, all of that shit, you know, that's where creativity comes up. You've got to come up with something that is newsworthy to a certain extent, and those people need to buy into it, and the, 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 you know, the journalist and whatnot. Yeah. So, you know, come up with some cock and bull fucking story. <laughs> um, again, it's another way to do it. Now, again, people might say that's bloody outrageous. I don't mind telling a few lies um, to, to get to where I need to be. Um, absolutely not. So, again, that would be seen as, you know, black cat strategies. But guys, are, I mean, listen, all of the PR out there, it's all fake stats. No one's checking that shit. You know, fake stats, fake news, fake everything. The world is full of it. And and until you realise that, then you're probably not going to go anywhere anytime fast. If you believe everything you read in, on the internet, on the news, in the papers, you know, it, it you must be a, a very short I mean, I would say. Yeah, I've got to agree there. For example... I, in a past life, I used to work at, in a recruitment company. I won't say which one it is, but we would release stats about recruitment every single month and then send them to the press. They would publish them. We get a link back to our sites. But sometimes those numbers were wrong. You know, like we just got the, we calculated the data wrong. We got the wrong set of data and you can't go back and say, listen, can you just unpub unpublish that stuff from last week? And, uh, Yes, yeah, it's, it's, we never really got tested on it. Journalists never really pushed back on it. It was it, actually the more outrageous it was, the better. That, that's the thing, and no one's checking it. That's the weird thing. Um, mm. You know, it's madness to, to think that's the case. And you know, I know guys who work in certain industries. Now, let's say crypto. I'm just using this as an example. This is not the case, but let's say crypto, for example. Crypto's all based in hype um, around a particular um, currency. Now, if people are reading up, and that's what everyone does, read up and, and all that kind of stuff on specific new currency that comes out and all that kind of stuff, if that hype looks good, people pile in and buy it um, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So people doing this stuff for a living, um, you know, putting out fake bullshit, fake news, whatever you want to call it, saying that this crypto's the best, it's going to be the next big thing, so-and-so's invested in it, and all that stuff. But again, you know, I know people who have helped uh, leaders win elections and stuff with fake news, digital PR, call it what you like, just, you know, swaying, manipulating people's opinions. Uh, and this particular person calls it opinion sculpting. So... Mm. That is why you cannot fucking believe a thing that you read in the internet. Unless someone shows me a receipt or actual evidence of something, I know of the opinion. I ain't believing shit. I don't care where it's been published. If it sounds outrageous, I'll be calling someone out on it saying, dude, like, show me some evidence uh, before I'd believe it. That's how bad it's gotten. Uh, and I know people that do work in these fields and have gotten away with such tactics and still to this day get away with it. Journalists are lazy, as you say. They just want to copy and paste on and you know slob about in the office for the rest of the day, making out like they've done it. If you can lay that on a plate on a plate for them and they can copy and paste it without any hassle, that's going that's going live. End the story. Um so yeah, an agency as well. You do SEO for clients too. I've got an agency, uh, a, a small agency that, that does a handful 
of clients. We are not a big agency and do not take on a lot of work, uh, to be honest, um, you know, just because the, the, the business model that I created, I had an agency before um, and I, I get sick of doing client work and I then jumped over to doing affiliate and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, the way that I've got it is <clears throat> I still have to pay my staff's wages um, and rather than pay that through my affiliate income, I basically take on enough. Well, I, when I say I, I don't, I don't have anything to do with the agency. But my business partner takes on enough clients to pay everyone's wages and cover all the costs, which means that all the affiliate stuff is pure profit. So nice. <laughs> it covers the overheads um, and keeps the. So when I had the agency, I wanted to keep a small amount of that team together. Um, and when you decide one day to just sack off your agency and you're not doing great with affiliate and all that kind of stuff, you know, there has to be that that uh, bridge. Um, you have to plug the gap, basically. And, you know, we had to do a certain element of client work just to keep people in a job and, and retain the people that I wanted to retain, uh, jumping from agency to affiliate. So that was also another reason for it. But again, you know, if that stuff pays the, the core um, overheads for, for staff and stuff like that, then it's happy days. Um, and as I say, continues to keep them in a job. Um, and I think it's just, you know, you want to diversify your income streams. Yeah, um, that's true. And I think that's very, very important. So a lot of people think I made just this mad jump from stopping clients altogether and, and jumping over into affiliate that that's not quite how it worked um, it would be good if it did but you know the, there was that uh, gap there that had to be filled and even to this day um you know i've got a business partner who runs the agency and uh, and and he does that to a certain degree but i, I believe the agency has like five clients um, wow. and we do a good job for five clients that's it we don't want to do any more we don't want 55 clients we don't want to hire any more staff or any of that stuff yeah i mean it's it becomes a full-time job in itself right like handling clients building a team around it building your processes it's so much work it's crazy yeah it's painful but um, <laughs> to their own yeah that's it so and you've got the YouTube channel as well. That it's, it's over a hundred K subscribers. I saw the other day. Yeah, I've got whatever it is, one hundred and three hundred and four thousand subscribers. I've even got my YouTube plaque now, which was always the goal. Um, it's awesome, YouTube man! Congrats as well. Oh, cheers. Um, I think YouTube's a platform, but there's a lot of traffic, and you know, I think giving a lot of info back to the community um, even whether it be a podcast a tutorial video whatever it might be and um, i still thoroughly enjoy doing that and, and doing q a sessions and and stuff like that and the reason that i do that is my inbox gets smashed every day of the week um whether it's linkedin whether it's facebook twitter yeah. Yeah. instagram it gets smashed with people saying can you show me this can you show me that what about this what about that and I can't reply to them all. It's just impossible. Um, and that's why I try and do weekly shows on there. I do two a week where people can ask what the hell they like. Um, and 
I put a lot of free courses on there uh, on the playlist and stuff like that and it, it's worked out very well for me and, and I started that I, I mean I've had my channel since whenever 2016 when I started my own personal brand um, I didn't really start posting videos on it um, until COVID hit so ah. um, I've done a lot of speaking at conferences and all that kind of stuff and uh, and that's where I would drop knowledge uh, to people um, but when COVID hit obviously you get bored you're no longer travelling and uh, decided to to do a lot more on YouTube so the YouTube's only been going for maybe nearly two years now so that I've achieved a lot of the pardon me um, a lot of the growth there in, in a two year period which is pretty decent for an it's crazy channel, to be honest yeah um, yeah the biggest part of that was I gave away a course that, that, that I was previously selling. Um, I gave that away for free um, when COVID hit, just to try and help people out and upskill people because I know people were losing jobs and all that kind of stuff. And I had 50,000 people sign up in one night. Wow. Um, now, trying to get them, trying to force them to subscribe to my YouTube channel <laughs> wasn't a thing. You can no longer force that. But I did say the very first thing you see when you logged into the course is please subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's going to be more information on here. There's Q and A sessions and everything. So that was a main driver of the the growth um, of that channel. And and once you start getting those kind of numbers, things organically start to happen quicker. So um, it still wasn't quick enough. Um, two years to get to hundred thousand. I was. It was hard work, you know, I've got 700 odd videos on there now, so there was a lot of time and effort put into that. It's a grind, isn't it? YouTube is a bit of a grind. It is, for sure. Uh, Even when I look at my analytics right now, a lot of the people who consume the content don't subscribe, and I think it's over 90% do not subscribe. So that's a stat. I think a lot of people will be able to resonate with if they do YouTube to, to a reasonable level. Um, trying to get people to subscribe is like pulling teeth. You can see it as many times as you want. Uh, subscribe here, subscribe here. It ain't happening. So people just search for stuff and that's it. You know, and I'm the same. When I look at stuff, yeah. I subscribe to the channel. Nope. 90% of the time, I would say I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be getting notifications and stuff. <laughs> Exactly, you're not just ping, ping, ping. Oh, yeah, it's ping. just yeah. non-stop. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want me uploading five videos in one day and ping, 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 ping. You know, it's, fuck that. Um, so I get <laughs> it, I get it. It's a grind, definitely a grind. But uh, it was worth doing it. And I think, you know, certainly got me more exposure, more traffic, more everything. So um, it, it, it still is a massive learning curve because, um, again, optimizing for youtube and all that was always things that i was trying to manipulate and uh, yeah it's been fun how just out of curiosity i know you said you had was it thirty thousand or fifty thousand sign up on the first night how did you get yeah. so many people signing up to your free course I, i've got a massive mailing list um, and obviously i've got a reasonably good following from speaking at events and all that kind of stuff over the years um so putting that out there but also you just put something out there for free and the wolves will literally come and pile in. Um, so 
between the big mailing list, the the reasonably sized social media following, um, and I think I've done some paid ads to the Indian audience. Um, now a lot of people say, what do you mean Indian audience? Why? Um, the Indian audience get the watch time and all of that stuff up and, and, and you know, the volume, it's a volume game over there. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to sell anything uh, at all. So uh, the, the cost of ads over there is outrageous. You know, you put 20 bucks against something, you can literally get tens of thousands of clicks. Uh, yeah. And that particular part of the world are so hungry when it comes to uh, learning um, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I tapped into that massively. Um, and why the hell not? You know, I, I think with anything, the engagement... So it was obviously quite strategic, to be honest. You know, the engagement signals, the watch time and all that kind of stuff are, are, are big things when it comes to ranking in YouTube. So it was all done with a purpose. Um, and and as I say, I put it out there wildly to, to the audience who were following me. But also was targeting people through paid ads. Because um, it was my goal, you know, to, to just get big numbers on there and, and see what happens. And, you know, my main goal wasn't anything to do with money or anything like that. I wanted that bloody silver plaque that, that I recently got. <laughs> uh, and I was like, man, I need one of them fucking plaques because I've seen a few other people got it. And uh, I'm like, you know, I need that stuff in my life. And probably the hardest thing I've ever had to work for. But the, the plaque's probably worth about, I don't know, 30 bucks, something like that. Uh, and the amount of man hours, time and everything I put into that was way, obviously way more than than the, the 30 bucks for that plaque. <laughs> just a bit more, that yeah. thing is, uh, you can't just buy that plaque. Um, you know, that's the thing. So when there's a goal and there's something there like that, you know, I'm very, very competitive. And uh, yeah, so as I say, 700 videos, all the time it's taking my video editor to edit all those videos, upload. I don't even know what it cost me. Uh, I don't even want to know what it cost me. But it was certainly a lot more than the 30 bucks. That <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> though. It cool. It's pretty cool. Like, you set a goal. You didn't stop till you achieved it. That's just and I'm not stopping either. I, that's the thing. You get the silver plaque. If you get a million subscribers, you get the gold plaque. So um, that's the next goal. Uh, it might take me another 10 years, but <laughs> hey, um, that's, the, that's the next goal. Just, just for purely ego reasons, I want that fucking gold plaque. Because uh, 100,000 is achievable by most if you put time and effort in. A million, that's severe dedication and... I'm, the amount, I'm happy to. Yeah, I, I mean, at that level, that's crazy. You're probably getting recognised on the street at that point, you know? Just walking around Glasgow. Um, nah, not, the, the thing is, in Glasgow... I mean, like, if you get to a million, I mean, yeah. Oh, if you get to a million, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, though, even in Glasgow, if you got to a million, I don't think people would care. SEO's mm. not a big thing here in Scotland. Um, but certainly in the SEO community, um, my growth and stuff when I go to events and stuff, you know, people are like, Oh man, it's Craig, it's Craig, it's Craig. So, it definitely helps your, your brand, your personal branding for sure. No matter what numbers you get to, I think it's definitely a good thing to uh, to try and get to. So, um, 
But yeah, I don't, I don't want people in Glasgow harassing me. Don't mind it at SEO conferences, but you know, I couldn't be doing with that um, all day, every day out in the real world. Yeah, it would just get annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah, awesome. Exactly. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, I'll leave a link to your YouTube channel underneath. If there's any other links you want me to include, let me know. And yeah, I was normally I would say, how can people get in touch with you? But I know you said your inbox is overflowing and that's why you created the channel. Yeah, no, listen, if people do genuinely uh, you know, want to reach out to me, you can get me through my website, um, the contact form. I would say steer clear of inboxing me on social media because I don't even handle that myself anymore uh, in a lot of cases. Um, it's just the way it is. Um, but if you do have something, certainly email me. And if it's a plausible question, something I can help with, I'm always happy to to help. And uh, please just not try and sell me something because um, I get that a hundred times a day guest posts and everything else. You don't want to buy any links. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one um, as well. This uh, slash madame. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been called worse than a madame, by the way. Um, <laughs> but um, nah, as I say, I'm always happy to help. Um, just sometimes on social media, even with you on LinkedIn, it takes me days to respond purely because I don't go on there all the time. And if I do, it's uh, it's swamped with messages and you need to dig through and delete all the garbage um, to get to the get to the right message. So through the contact form, my website does get to me directly. Um, and as long as it's a catchy email, not too long-winded, then I'll probably respond to it. So that's the best way, man. Or catch me on YouTube. I've got plenty of question and answer sessions on awesome. there. Yeah, I'll leave the links in the description. Awesome. No worries, Pete. It's been a pleasure. You too, uh, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of SEO Link Building with Julian Goldie. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to boost your SEO rankings, drive more traffic, and land more customers with link building, book a call with Julian today at juliangoldie.com.